Hey, Magic Makers, I am in love. I just found Shorely Wines, and oh my God, I'm floored how absolutely delicious they are. So far, I've tasted the Sauvignon Blanc. I have tasted the Rosé. I've also tasted the Bubbly Rosé, and they are absolutely delicious. I was interested in trying non-alcoholic wines because there are just some days that like you just don't really want a drink, but you want the taste of wine without all of the extra calories or extra alcohol. And this is what Shirley does. It tastes absolutely delicious. It is just what you need for a nice afternoon on the deck watching the sun set. If you've been trying, wondering, are non-alcoholic wines, are they delicious? Do they, are they worth my time? Surely is. It tastes just like the wine and no, it's not fancy grape juice. They have found a way, I believe in magic. So they have found a way to remove the alcohol from actual wine. So you still get the wine taste, but without all of the alcohol. And so if this is something that you want to try, do me a favor. If you head over to the link in my bio, you can grab yourself 15% off your first purchase. Trust me, it is so good. I don't bring up products that I don't personally use. I am in their wine club and I've so far bought a case of this stuff and everyone that I've told about it, including you, are going to fall in love. So do me a favor, have a taste and then let me know what you think. And you get to save 15% by using the link in my bio. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes-Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Miss Ali Cash, and it was all about how our thoughts affect our physical health. And some of the, the topics that we talked about today was, you know, that were very eye-opening for me, and I hope you find as eye-opening as I did, is that how do we take the strategy that we're following? Let's talk about the diet that we're following, the program that we might be following, but how can we adhere to it? And if the strategy doesn't allow us to adhere to it, is it the right strategy for us? And that was just like, boom, that like blew my mind because I see it over and over again. So clear about how many people are trying to make a strategy work that doesn't, that they can't adhere to. And how does, you know, our mind, it doesn't tell us it's a strategy. Our mind tells us it's us. And today in today's podcast, Allie and I break that down really well. We also talk a lot about our expectations versus the goals versus 
the realistic outcomes that we are able to achieve. And for so many of us, that expectation uh, fatigue that we have for ourselves, that we think that, you know, you start something and you're just going to immediately crush it. And because you see someone else, they're crushing it and you're just like, why can't I get it? But then again, it falls back to their strategy and adherence about where are you in your life and being able to be realistic about this is where I am right now and this is what I can realistically do and being okay with that this is just a moment in time. I'm just giving too much stuff away. This is a great conversation I have with Miss Allie. And, you know, I'd love to hear after you listen to the podcast, what did you find? What what did your thoughts are? Do me a favor, hit me up on Instagram, Kim Jefferson Coach. Also make sure you hit up Miss Allie as well. All right, ladies, enjoy the episode. Hey Magic Makers, it's this week's iTunes review. Amy W Fitness says. Kim knows her stuff, keeps it real on all levels, five stars. Awesome podcast series on relatable topics that women deal with. Kim's advice, along with her sense of humor, is what everyone needs to find their fit girl magic. Well, thank you so much, Amy W. Fitness. That warms my heart. If you haven't yet left your review, please head over to iTunes or wherever ever you listen to your podcast and hit rate and then hopefully it's a five-star hint and leave me a review. Thanks. All right, Magic Makers. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Miss Allie Cash and she is a health and wellness coach. She is also a former competitor and so she's really more about how do we shift that mindset? And so for someone who myself has been a former competitive, most people think that it is all about, you know, how many, you know, squatting as much and going to the gym for X number of hours and it's how much you eat. Yeah, that all plays a role, but it's literally the mindset that keeps you going, that mindset that's going to overpower willpower, overpower motivation. It is your mindset that's going to keep you going. And she brings that into her coaching practice. So I'm really excited to chat with Miss Allie Cash all about the how do your thoughts affect your health? Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And so, you know, I I wanted to talk about this because, you know, like you, I competed and Mm. for so many people, you know, they put us on a pedestal. They think that we're just like these kind of like untouchable. We have this like, you know, I I own, you know, this kind of like godlike thing about us, you know, because if you think about it, only one to two percent of the world ever pushes their bodies to that level. Mm. And I know for me, it was never about how many carbs I had. It wasn't, I'm never about how much cardio I did. Although, you know, in the moment, I thought that was the end all be all. <laughs> but if I look back, you know, hindsight's always 2020 and sometimes smacks you in the face and call you stupid. Um, it was being able to shift my mindset to go into like it's game time mode. And did you have that same kind of like, you know, realization for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question like that. So I thank you a hundred percent. I grew up as an athlete. So for me going into a physique competition really reactivated, like you mentioned that focus, that Mm. mental drive um, to take myself from where I was at in that moment and get myself to whatever that goal or that outcome was. Um, but it is definitely, it's all about the mindset. Obviously 
Um, the strategy is very important as well, but the strategy only works um, mm-hmm. as well as you're going to either adhere to it, oh. um, how much you're going to show up for. And I tell clients this all the time because I get that question of what's the best fitness plan or what's the best diet or nutrition strategy or XYZ. And while there are factors that obviously, you know, that differs depending on someone's current physiology, their goals, whatever they're trying to work toward any health challenges they're trying to overcome. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how good the strategy is, is if you can adhere to it and really lock in and focus on it. So one of the, um, for me, one of the biggest mindset shifts that really helped me in that particular point in my life. And it's something that I, when I feel like I'm getting a little discombobulated in my own health and wellness or my own business or whatever it is, I try to bring myself back to that, but it's setting that intention and setting that goal that you want to achieve and then forget about it. Stop Mm -hmm. focusing on that end result and focus on whatever step you need to take right now, whether that's in the next minute, the next hour, the day and focus on taking those steps. And that's where I think trusting in the process and having a strategy that uh, works comes into play because then you can just focus on executing on that. So Mm. stop obsessing about how much further you have to go. And and I think that, um, like you've mentioned, locking in on that focus and, and like being an athlete or a competitor, like when you go into a race or a game or some kind of competition, you're not worried about what game or who you're going to be competing against, you know, two, three games from now, you are focused on what you have to do in that moment to, you know, come out victorious. And so if you can approach every action and every day with that same type of mindset, like, I think you're going to get to your goal and you're not going to be so obsessed and so stressed out in the process. You know what you said? I mean, I don't even think you realize what you said, because sometimes, you know, I'm I'm speaking, I black out. So <laughs> you said some like really good stuff. So I have to like, I take notes on everything that, when I'm, because like there's, you said things that like, let's unpack this first strategy, right? Mm. So many clients come to us and think we're Maytag, like they are a washing machine <laughs> and here I am, fix me, fix me right now. And you're like, you don't need to be fixed because you, I can give you the best strategy under the planet. And, but if it's something that you're not in a place right now to adhere to, to see it all the way through to, or the moment, you know, life happens, you know, the moment life happens, you look at the plan, you're like, well, I can't go to the gym for X number of hours like you used to, or I'm traveling. There's no way I can meal prep. Then all of a sudden you're lost and you're just like spinning out of control. But so I, I love how you talked about it. It's that. You can have the best strategy in the world, but if you can't execute on it, you can't stick to it long-term, what does that strategy even mean for you? hundred percent. Yeah. I, and you just hit like all the realistic real world examples of how that plays out. For yeah. People. You know, and you, you probably experience this too. I, I have a lot of long-term clients and, you know, I have clients who came to me before they had kids. We worked through having kids. Mm-hmm. Now they had kids. And now they're like, Kim, I can just go back to what I did five years ago. And I'm like, girlfriend, like how many kids you have five years ago? You know, what's your life look like now compared to look like five years ago? Because I know five years ago, I had a very different life. 100%. But also I look back and you might be able to say the same thing. Do you look back five years ago and be like, oh, hell no, I'm not going back there. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Like for a couple different reasons. Like I, I don't, I, I try to be 
actually one of those people that never like lives with regret. And so while I look back and think, wow, that was a really great point in life or look at what I accomplished. Like I appreciate the go- the growth process um, yeah. in all aspects of life. And so yeah. I try to keep that perspective of like being really grateful for where I'm at, even if there is that time where, so for instance, when I was a competitor, I wasn't really coaching other women. I wasn't running my own business. I didn't have other ventures that I was trying to seek in life. Um, I worked a corporate job. I worked from home. So I had very flexible schedule. Um, and so I didn't have a lot of like external stress. And so So you could come and go as you please. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's not the case now either. So I I do, it's, it's funny that you say that because I try to keep that same, um, same perspective, but yeah. And I, that's, I know we hear, especially on social media, that everybody has 24 hours in a day. And that really gets on my nerves. We we do all have 24 hours. And can most of us be better at prioritizing time and managing it? For sure. But people have different responsibilities. People have access to different resources that either give them more time or not. And that looks different, like you said, depending on what stage of life you're in. So I don't really think it's fair to (laughs) say that, you know, we all have the exact same ability to show up in the same capacity, depending on what we have going on. Right. But, and I, and I love that kind of like, kind of segue here is that, you know, I do when I hear everyone has the same 24 hours, it just makes me like want to punch you in the face. (laughs) It brings me to violence because it's like, you know, I look at, you know, you have clients too, you look at the real world and you're like, okay, so I have a 40 year old mom who has two kids and that dealing with her her elderly parents. So help me carve out the two hours you're prescribing of workout. Right. You know, or the new mother who's like, girl, I'm barely lucky if I get a spit up off my shirt before I head out to, to work. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like for as a as a coach, and I know I and I get it, like it's very easy to be hardcore. Figure it out, make the time where I feel as a coach, we have to like come at it and say what is your life mm-hmm. and help them accept their life because you know we all get caught up in it's us mm. it's we suck i yeah. can't do this blah 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 and the whole like spiral of negativity just however you spiral out you're caught in that that spiral and so again thoughts um tell us and you know i'd love to hear your feedback on this is that you know you grew up in, you know, gym culture, diet culture, like I did. And it was very ingrained that workouts were about time. Your workout should be 90 minutes, two hours. It should look like this. If it doesn't look like this, girl, I don't got nothing for you, mm-hmm. you know? And so now as we kind of like, you know, real life, you know, other obligations come up, you know, how do you start with, you know, a client who's like, Oh, I used to be able to go to the gym two hours a day. And now I'm lucky if I can get 30 in or however much time they say they can get in. Yeah. So I think for me, when I'm working with people, um, especially at the beginning stages, it's always so important to have that level of expectation. Yeah. So whether that's like, Hey, I don't expect you to go to the gym for two hours. A, I don't really prescribe two hour long workouts, even if you had all day to go to the gym. Right. Honestly, I don't want to be, I love the gym. And I don't want to be there for two hours a day. So I'm not going to expect you to do that. But also what are the expectations that you're placing on yourself and are those yes. realistic? And then how does that actually match up with your goal? Um, I don't, you know, I don't like to discourage people away from the goals that they have, but I do like to be straight up with people on going back to like a 
a fitness competitor, what that looks like and what it takes to get that physique. And if that's something someone's interested in, great. But most people don't realize the sacrifice and the commitment and, and what it takes to get there. And so just educating clients and really sitting down with them. And one thing I've started doing recently with a client of mine who is also a coach, but she is um, more in the, um, she's kind of in the mindset. She does a lot of identity work with people and and she really helps people uncover their values. And so we've been doing a lot of work around like, okay, what's your value? You value Mm. freedom or um, discipline. And how can we take those core values and translate that into what we're doing with fitness and nutrition so that it becomes something that you don't just view as, oh, I've got to do this thing today, but I'm doing this thing because it ties into my value and allows me to then however, you know, show up differently in my life or experience something in a way that is aligned with the life that I want to live. Yeah, no, I I like that a lot. Cause it's like, I, you know, especially people who back in the day, they were able to go to the gym regularly and, you know, their identity was the gym, you know, their identity mm-hmm. was, they were the person, you know, oh, Allie goes to the gym all the time. And, you know, so it just be, also became reinforced in your psyche that mm-hmm. Allie gym girl. and as you kind of go through life, you know, Ali Jim girl's like, girl, Ali Jim girl, I ain't got time no more to be <laughs> Ali, to be Ali Jim girl, you know? So it's like, we get caught up in that, that, um, identity of yeah. Ali Jim girl. So I really like how, you know, ask is Jim a value now? And then what does that value look like when it comes to your identity? hundred percent. I feel like you just opened a whole can of worms with that statement yeah. because I, 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 now I'm thinking about it and I feel like from a societal perspective, we are so taught to assign our identity to things like that. Like, yeah. I, I think that's for people who are athletes too. Like I always tell people, um, when I competed, like when I was in the groove and I was in that zone, it wasn't hard, but after yeah. the fact, that was hard because that was part of my identity or like yeah. your profession, you know, how much money you make, what your title is. And like, who would you really be if that wasn't there anymore? So I right. think that's a great question for everyone to look at. <laughs> it is. And like, you know, cause I know that, you know, when I was competing, it was like, you know, blinders on and it was like full speed show. And then when there wasn't a show, I was like, What do I like? Who like? I didn't have a. I I didn't know how to go to the gym as a regular person. I was like, "What do regular people do? Do I go to a class? Do I not go to the gym? Do I still go to like?" I didn't understand it. So you know, and maybe you had the same thing. I had these huge ebbs and flows where, like, I was at the gym, I was on it, and as soon as my show was over, I was like, "I'm on vacation." Yes, I literally actually went on a three week vacation after my last show. Yeah, I was like, like, I guess I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, I was like, and I remember, like, I was like, it was right before show, and I was talking to my coach. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna do anything for a month after the show. She looked at me like I said that, like, you know, I worship the devil. Like, I was just like, because I was exhausted, yeah, and I just needed like that mental, like, Mm. and I, and you know, so I get it when like you know, athletes are like after their season is over or athletes after their careers over they're like what do you do like especially you know professional athletes like they've been doing this for a decade mm. and they're like I don't know how to not go to I'm, like, I'm not going to practice like what right yeah or even like not pushing yourself in that same co- that's yeah something that I like when I go to the gym now and if I am having one of those days where I'm like okay I only have 45 minutes 
but I know what I want to get through. There's like that part of my brain. That's like, no, we do four at least four sets of everything. And I'm like, but maybe I only have time for three sets today. Yes. Like, but I'm like, is it good enough? Is it enough? Oh my God. Ladies. I mean, how many of you are just like sitting here and being like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. Yes. I was so stuck in that. And I know I have a client right now who I'm like, you know, what if less is more? And we're really kind of focusing in on that because she's like, a, she's a classic overtrainer. And she's like, this is what my goal is. This is what my goal is. But I was like, but I'm looking at your life and I'm like, your goal and your life are like so out of alignment that I'm trying to say what we can control. And right now I can control you at the gym. And it's her identity of like, you go to the gym for this amount of time, you do four sets, you do six sets, you mm-hmm. must lift so that you can't lift, you know, wash your hair the next day. And it's, <laughs> and it's so, you know, it's her identity. Like she values being that person who everyone looks at, at the gyms being like, damn, look at, you know, look at Susie go, right? Like what she's doing. Her name's not Susie. I, protect, I changed the name to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But no, I totally agree. And I think that that's where, you know, as coaches, as clients ourselves, because, you know, we're always, our, whether we're our own client or actually working with someone, um, I think that's where it's important to start, you know, commending people on, hey, like it is, it is honorable to also take a rest day. Like, yeah. Important. And I think too, the more that we go and the more that spotlight gets kind of shown on this, like, hey, like less, most of the time is more, um, the more that we also can see and talk about how overtraining and under recovering and under fueling really actually has physiological adaptations that are going to make it harder for you in the long run. So like, let's just not go there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I always say that like for many of us, we were at the forefront of diet culture and we Mm. bought into the harder, faster, stronger mentality, like hook, line, and sinker. And especially yeah. in the, you know, fitness competitor world, you know, you were, if um, you were so indoctrinated in the gym culture, like if I didn't get my certain grams of whatever, and if I did, if I missed a workout, like I might as well have like, you know, started world war three. Like that's how yeah. like your psyche was just so in tuned with like getting to the goal. Hundred percent. It's funny that you say that. I actually literally had a tank top that said "harder, faster, stronger." Yeah, right. I mean, I feel like there was like you know, I feel like every competitor had a or like you would go to the shows and all the booths had like you know, lift harder, don't be weak, or don't suck, and go to the gym. Like you know, it's all of these like you know, fucked up mindsets that like made you like you know come to this like if I am not doing all the things. I suck. Right. Like I am not like, I'm not going to even, I shouldn't even show up to my show. I shouldn't even like try to, to hit the show if I'm not doing all the things. And, you know, and I like that because it comes back to the word adherence, right. It's like, um, and you talked about this, it comes back to adherence. And you also talked about like, we all have a goal, right? My goal is whatever your goal is, but are the steps you're trying to get there? Are they realistic for you right now? Right. Exactly. And timeline. Like I, you know, that's another thing with the marketing and the, no. like the, and don't get me wrong. I've run, you know, six week, eight week 
12 week challenges. And that's fine to like get people, you know, excited and ignite that like, you know, re-entry into potentially a routine that is something maybe they can stick with. But I have clients come to me and they sometimes only want to sign on for like three months, which is fine, but they have this expectation that like, well, if I'm not to my goal in three months, then I'm like, I'm going to dip out. And I'm like, yo, like, that's not always how it works, especially if like, if you're not at a foundational level, extremely healthy and, you know, have very minimal stress, it's probably likely that we're not going to get you there in three months anyway. And I'm like, so it's that like the adherence, I feel like also ties into that, that marketing of like these quick fixes and all of this stuff. And so, um, yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I had a friend come to me once and she was like, I need to lose this belly fat before my trip in three weeks. And I was like, okay, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. First off, like probably not going to happen, but if I gave you a plan that would basically move the needle as much, as much as it's going to move, you are going to hate me. You're going to hate yourself and you're going to hate yes. me. And it's probably not going to happen. And it didn't happen. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I I I I get that because I, I I get those you know emails too, and I'm like, you know, I'm not that coach. Like, and it 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 pains me because it's like you want to educate people that it's like mm-hmm. the reason why you need to stay consistent and figure out you know as it goes back, what's your strategy? Because a lot of us go on these like sprinting diets, I like to call them. Okay. You sprint to your vacation or the wedding or to whatever the event is. And then just like we talked about after the event, we're like, I'm on vacation. And then, you know, it's hard to get back on if we're always constantly like up and down on this. And, you know, let's be honest, it's the up and down that's probably causing us to have this metabolic change. Eventually your body's going to be like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) I know what you're doing. (laughs) I ain't going. I'm going to sit here, (laughs) smoke a cigarette and have some scotch while you go crazy. I love that. I feel like my body's definitely said that a couple of times. Oh, I mean, Uh, you know, and I hope again, people listening, they're like, yeah, my body's right now drinking scotch as as we speak. Scotch on a Monday morning is my favorite. (laughs) I mean, why not? I mean, if you're going to have scotch, you know, you should have it all year, all all the time. It's not five o'clock when your body's giving you the finger. so good. Oh, that's so great. I love that so much. I, and I think you're totally right. One of the things that coming from, you know, previously working in corporate many years ago, and then um, being in the finance spaces, I like to, I, I kind of, you know, as a side passion, love investing and learning about that kind of stuff. And so I tell people like, have you heard of compound interest? And they're like, well, yeah, yeah. like that is what just not doing anything drastic, but just showing up and doing what you can and taking small steps every day. Like that is compound interest. And if you can see it in your bank account, you can see it in your investment portfolio. That's going to get you much further in a year, two years, three years than doing these crazy things that keep you on that ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I had a woman on, uh, last week we did, a, we did, a, um, an interview where she talked about mind math and she talked mm. about how, you know, it's, us uh Karen brought the top of my head but I um I'll link it in the show notes but she was like basically talking about it was like how our feelings you know bring us down this like equation and depending on how we deal with our feelings depends on what equation uh output we get and I was like you know what for me as much as I am an emotional person I'm also logical and like Mm -hmm. I you know for me you know when I need to see like if I take this action, certainty, right? If I if I go to the gym for 30 minutes versus two hours, 
am I still going to get the same amount of results? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this whole mind map thing, I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is fabulous. I love that. That's awesome. I love that you said certainty because like that is one of our, you know, core human needs to have some level of certainty um, with what we're doing. Yeah. And I also like when, you know, going back to our original part of the conversation, you were like, set your intention. Like, so decide this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And then what's the next step? Because I think, like you said, so many of us get caught on, like, I'm trying to lose 30 pounds before my vacation. And you're just like 30 pounds and you step on the scale and you're down a half an ounce and you're just Mm -hmm. like, not working. And, you know, all of a sudden you, the, all the, the drastic police start running around in your head. A hundred percent. I, that's a a really great example because I see that a lot (laughs) with clients. Um, I think, you know, first step, once you set that intention or that goal is please, by all means, give yourself enough time. If you don't know how much time is realistic, ask someone, ask a coach, you know, if you're, if you're seeking help from someone. Um, But again, you know, focusing on the actions as opposed to the outcomes during the process. I have clients that to be honest, we don't even weigh them. We don't, you know, we don't do those metrics maybe once a month, but I find that, and I I like to gauge this when I'm first having a consultation with someone. And then when I start working with them, but if I can tell that someone doesn't have the ability to kind of remove the emotion and remove themselves from that, um, that metric or that outcome, then sometimes we don't even look at that. Like I'll do progress photos. We'll look at biofeedback. We focus on other um, key indicators of progress in the process of getting them to their goal. Because again, like you said, our feelings take us down, you know, a certain path, which is then going to produce certain actions and certain results. And so if, if I know that there's someone who, you know, is going to step on the scale, even if it's one pound more, like we can gain a pound in a matter of hours, purely from what we've eaten, um, stress, lack of things like that. And so if I find that someone is so, is someone who's going to micromanage that so much, then I'm there with them, to be honest. You know, that's a really, you know, what you brought up another great thing, um, micromanaging, you know, and I, I feel like as a coach and you probably feel the same way is that as a coach, I'm going to, you're going to tell me, Hey Kim, I'm feeling hungry in the afternoon. And I'm going to be like, okay, try adding, you know, more protein to the the meal prior, Mm -hmm. get back to me, let me know. and couple weeks go by you know you don't hear from mom then you finally go hey Allie what's going on how's that hunger in that after your 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 third meal and then they're like oh I haven't had a chance but I'm still hungry what what should I do and you're just like (sighs) and so it's you know for many people they want us to always give them something else to do but I was like why would I have you try something else if you didn't try the first thing. Oof, that hits me at like a soul level. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like that is a battle. It is a battle because it's like, you know, as a, and and I get it. Like for me, I had to change the way I ate. I ate the same way for a freaking decade. And mm. it was just like, you know, it's kind of like, a, um, you know how you drive home and you you go say you're going to the same place, say you're going to work and you know you you make a right out of your driveway, left at the end of the street, and you get yourself to work. 
But what if I asked you to make a left out of your driveway? Your body's so like ingrained to turn right, turn right, to turn right. And I'm asking you, tomorrow, turn left. It's hard. It's challenging. And for many people, I'm like, if I, you didn't turn left, why would I add another step to that? Right. Right. A hundred percent. I think people have, they're challenged by that because it, it forces them to like work different neural pathways. And yeah. And I, sometimes honestly, when I'm in that situation, I will, I, I take the exact same approach as you. And I think that's beautiful. Um, and sometimes I'll even present a question back to someone or the, a client, um, you know, where I'm like, if you want to continue doing what you're doing again, but you want this result, that's where we're again, you know, not matching up. So, cause I've had that same situation happen where I recommend something it doesn't get implemented, doesn't get implemented, doesn't get implemented, but come check-in time, they're feeling really down about something or, you know, there's frustration around why they haven't made it maybe as far as they felt they should. Mm-hmm. And so I have to come back and say, okay, we're still doing the same things that we've been doing. Though. So like, right. Again, it's like that. I think it's Albert Einstein quote of insanity. Like, you know, we continue to do the same thing and expect a different result. Um, but yeah. I mean, sometimes for me, I just have to give someone that one action item and really encourage them to make that like the focal point of everything we're doing together. Even if that means like pushing something else to the side in that moment, I'm like, you know, make, put, set a reminder on your phone, <laughs> you know, put right. an alarm, um, yeah. whatever. think about it before you go to bed. And first thing when you wake up, whatever it is that you can do, that's going to continue to keep that at the forefront, paste a sticky note on your mirror, on your fridge, whatever. Like I deal with this with supplements a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm not someone who, you know, recommends a lot of supplements, but when they're needed and I have clients who just really struggle to take them and I'm like, okay, where do you go when you're making you know, your lunch? And they're like, right. in my kitchen. I'm like, put them on your kitchen counter. <laughs> You know, where right. are you looking? Are you using your your toaster, your oven? Where are you, you know, where do you keep your bowls? Put them under the freaking cabinet that you keep the bowls in. So when you open it right. up to grab your bowl or your plate, you see it or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't have to yeah. be. Um, yeah. No. And it, and for, I always, you know, I, um, I can't remember what psychologist started the whole habit cue thing, but it's like, mm. you need you need a, a trigger, right? The, right? the trigger is what's going to get you to the next action. And the easiest way to have a trigger is to do something you already do. You know, it's like, I always tell people, I'm like, I drink a cup of coffee every day. So if I need to do something, put something by my coffee maker. Cause I'll be like, Oh, what's this while I'm waiting for my coffee to brew. Yes. Yeah. I love that. That's a double whammy too. Cause once you have your coffee, you're like, I am ready to go. Let's do this. Right. Like- but it's like, I like if I really need something done or I put it in my bathroom mm-hmm. and people are like, that's so weird. I'm like, it works. Right. <laughs> I yeah, can't you're not gonna say that when you have the result. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, I like, to, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I let you drink water while I'm getting dressed. And I'm like, I just put my water bottle in my bath right night. And it just is right there. It's like, I see it first thing in the morning and I start drinking it while I'm getting dressed. And so it's like, I already know that I got to, and like most people go to the bathroom when you first wake up. Right. So that. it's just, so it's, you know, I always tell people like for, as a coach, we're trying to take away the the, the resistance, take away the friction. And so it's like, as we, you know, we ask a lot of questions as a coach. I know I do. Cause it's like, I can tell you what to do all day long, but Ali, if you're like, yeah, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, then <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
if if I tell you what to do, like there's millions of things I could tell you what to do, but it's right. like, what is going to work for you right now in your life, in your season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I feel like my, when I'm talking with my clients, I feel like we're playing a game of 20 questions all the time. Yes. I, I'm the same way. But yeah, that, that's what people don't understand is, Hey, as coaches, our goal is to help you also come to your own solutions, but, but like we have to understand and I, I try to coach people on this all the time, like going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, it doesn't, you know, it's not just about what your goal is and how we can get you there. It is what is going on in your life. What does that look like with your, your yes. relationship, your career, like mindset, emotions? Like I've had clients who uh, will do biofeedback and they're like, you know, my stress levels were much higher last week. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, did something happen? Is there any life changes, anything going on? And it's like, yeah, my grandma died. And I'm like, okay, well, that's really important. You know, that really yeah. impacts not only like what you maybe physically can show up to do because of time constraints, or now there's these other things that you're dealing with, but emotionally what you're carrying and what you're working through. And, you know, that's, that's also something to consider. So I think that, um, I'm not really sure where my brain was going off on that tangent, but <laughs> no, no, I, I liked it because it's like, you know, as we, you know, this whole conversation, it's been about your thoughts, your physical health. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of the women that you coach, the women that I coach, they're doers, right? They're like, they're doers. Like, I just want to get shit done. Amen. And we discount the, I got a lot of shit going on at work, but you know, it's just work. It's just what it is. And they discount the toll that it takes on their body where they're like, I need this workout to help me manage what's going on at work. And you're like, okay, to some extent, but maybe the workout changes a little bit. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe instead of like trying to squat a Buick, it's just body weight stuff. A thousand percent. I love that you said that because I, I see people that are, you know, it's two sides of the coin, right? Like you have those people who are like, well, this is my stress relief. I have a client right now who's very much like she loves the gym and that is her outlet. And same thing. It's like, okay, great. Let me get you to the gym. But exactly like, let's just walk today or let's do something different because like physically, you know, I don't want to um, be counterproductive with you and I don't want to further, you know, bring down the energy levels, the ability to recover because- I think a lot of people don't realize how much you, your body spends on energetically trying to recover from, um, you know, things going on in your life, tragedies, traumas, emotions, right. all that stuff. And until you really feel that and you're impacted that yourself, you're like, you don't, you just think that, oh, okay, this is my, these are my workouts. You know, this is like, we compartmentalize too. I think. Yes, very much. That, so. that is, yeah. That's something that, um, you know, we can see that in Western medicine where we compartmentalize systems in, of the body and act as though they don't work together when in reality right. they all work together. And we do that in life as well. We do it in everything. We think that, okay, yeah, work is work. I keep it there. When I come home, I don't bring it with me, but most of us do bring it with us. Or when you're going through something in a relationship and you think that, okay, you know, I'm at work or I'm at the gym, I'm focusing on myself, but you know, subconsciously in the back of your mind and and in your body, we feel that still. And that still shows up with everything we do. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 that's like, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think it's the whole compartmental zone that like they, you know, you think like once I like get in the car and I drive away from work, it's over, but we're still like, replaying the conversations that maybe we had or we should have had. And our body has no way of really turning that off. Oh, yes, 100%. So for many of us, 
even though we say we want to turn it off, like we still have to process that stuff. And as our body's processing it, it's 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 taking away the resources that we want to apply to our workout. And so now our our resources are divided. And you know, I don't know if many people understand this, but our brains take a lot of freaking, you know, cycles. <laughs> and if I'm like worrying through something, it's really hard for my body to give me the energy I need to lift, mm-hmm. the energy mm-hmm. I need to digest my food. And so, yeah, I get it. Yeah, look, movement is really good. Movement is powerful. Movement, yes, can be a stress reduction when you're not in a stressed out state. 100%. I always equate it to like a computer. Like I'm sitting here having this wonderful conversation with you, but my computer is still running programs in the background. Yes. Whatever it does. I don't know what that is, but it's doing something. Magic. So, I believe in magic. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, our brains, I, I think you said that beautifully because they are it's the same way. And, um, you know, sometimes with clients just to go a little deeper, like I've had to, we start digging into things and what we find is that like, okay, there is some some trauma, some emotional things, whether that's from childhood, um, you know, grief, loss, things like that. And there's been times where I've had to say, like, I don't think your, you know, your challenge right now is the workout or even your job or nutrition. It's like, you're still carrying that burden and that is still playing in, in the back of that, um, you know, that, that subconscious mind and whether you're choosing to release it or it's now getting stored and it's affecting everything that's going on from that point forward. And so sometimes I honestly send people to therapy as well and, or try to help them find, you know, the resources they need to yeah. work through that because I see that affect so many women and as women, um, you know, people in general, but women, especially, you know, that's typically who I work with primarily, but um, you know, we are, we're so conditioned to take care of everything and everyone oh. other than ourselves. And we carry so much of not only what we have to deal with, but the burden of what other people are, are experiencing and dealing yes. with. Yes. Yes. We, we are like, we have like a backpack full of other people's like <laughs> shit and yes. we just like add it in. We're like, hang on, you got shit. I got room. <laughs> um, but yeah. And uh, recently, um, old client of mine, like, she's like, Kim, she's like, Oh my God, I just recently lost like 30 pounds. And I was like, and she like struggled with her weight. I'm like, what happened? And she's like, I got happy. Ah, beautiful. And it was just like, you know, I love how, like, you know, in the moment, like we see things and, you know, we can see, but a client needs to see it. And it's interesting how like, you know, so many people discount what's going on between our ears that we just were like, it's just how my life is. It's who I am. Right. Going back to the identity thing. And then, you know, over the course of time, you know, some of the things that were just weighing on her have either she dealt with them or they finally resolved themselves. And she was able to like, you know, I always say like weight sometimes is kind of like a um, protection mechanism that your body doesn't feel safe doesn't feel that it's the time for you to not have, you know, the weight is kind of like your armor, if you will. One million percent. I just had a conversation on that exact topic with the client yesterday. And and yeah, I, I do believe, I mean, our body, regardless of if you want to, you know, look a certain way in a swimsuit, your body really doesn't care. It is here to help you survive and make it through life. And so if it's perceiving those stressors, whether they're external or internal, and oftentimes it's a combination of both. Um, yeah, it's going to do whatever it needs to protect you. And I firmly believe that 
the mental and emotional toll that we experience throughout life manifests in that exact way because our body seeks to protect us from those things as well. Yeah. So, you know, for people listening, you know, we've gone, we've, we've meandered through like a corn field <laughs> or corn maze here, but you know, the biggest thing I, you know, that Ali has shared with us is that, you know, it's the mindset that keeps us stuck. And so we have to find the strategy that we can find adherence to. And, you know, I think we both touched on it. It's not adherence for six weeks, right? It's adherence for like, what can you see doing for maybe the rest of your life? Maybe six months, nine months, because if you can't see yourself doing it six months, nine months, you're going to be off to the next challenge, the next boot camp, the next, the next, the next. And mm-hmm. our goal, I know at least for mine and just from my conversation here with Ali, our goal is like, how do we help our clients long term? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, because it's like, I know what it's like to go from one show to the next show to the next show to the next show and then be lost. And that feeling sucks. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. That feeling sucks. It's like you're you're just like like a person without an island. Like you have like yeah. you're like cast adrift, and you're like I don't know where land is. Right. Yeah. And so, and then that's when the again thoughts start to get all buck wild. <laughs> you start <laughs> and, drinking scotch on a Monday, <laughs> right? Start and 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 cigars, and you're like in a meeting. You're like, what's wrong? No one does else does this. I brought more to share. Put it on the rocks or neat. <laughs> so it's like we really have to kind of start to like put together like what are our realistic expectations for us so that we can be excited about them. Mm-hmm. We can make a plan for them. And at the end of the day, you know, it's sustainability here. Yeah. So Ali, I oh, you know, if, if someone's like, all right, you know, she, she said some great stuff to me. Um <laughs> Where can they find you on the socials? Yes. So I will say my most active um, platform right now is still Instagram. Haven't quite migrated over to the TikTok or any <laughs> any of the other platforms. I am on Facebook as well, but um, my handle is at Health. Um, And then, yeah, I, I would love to connect with anyone who found this episode to rest with them. Um, I'm always looking to, again, I think much like you can educate people and whether I work with someone or not, I want to bring value to the space because I think there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of surface level stuff going on in the industry. And yeah. so I, I tried to kind of bust through some of that so people can stop, you know, wasting their time and energy on things that aren't really going to move the needle for them. So I'm always, you know, open to feedback and to suggestions about what people want to hear about, what's going to be helpful for them. So I, I love anytime I get to connect with others on social. And then my website is the same. It's www.allycasthealth.com. Cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, anybody follow her and just kind of like she has some interesting things that she posts about. And, you know, we all, like, as you know, I only bring people on the show who I'm in alignment with, who I know that will help further the conversations of stop the insanity, <laughs> like just uh-huh. stop the insanity. And like, how do we become more simple so that weight loss doesn't always feel like you're on a, you know, air quoting diet um, here. Yeah. So Ali, the one thing I always ask all of my, my guests, what is one thing that makes you feel magical? Ooh, one, I'm, I'm almost finding it hard to just choose one thing. 
honestly, I, I can think of so many external things, but I really think that it's just connecting with other people and having conversations that feel impactful, meaningful, Mm. and that are very growth oriented. I feel magical right now having this conversation with you. And I feel that same way. Anytime I can have a conversation like that with a client or just someone in general, where I can tell that I'm able to give back and make that impact. And like you mentioned further, you know, the conversation in the direction that it needs to go. And so I think nice. for me, it's, it's that connection really. And every time I feel, you know, isolated myself, I constantly come back to that, that need for that connection. Nice. No, I, I like that. I like that. Um, I mean, everyone, you know, I think that's also like in up there with like certainty and that connection piece. I think that's a, a, a huge um, human desire need. Yes. I'm no psychologist. So you psych- <laughs> psychologists cor- don't correct me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say coffee and tacos also make me feel magical, but <laughs> <laughs> there, I can't remember. I was reading an article. And I need to go back to it. Um, you know, again, caught up on the gram. Uh, there's a guy, I think it's Bon Appetit. Um, there is a new position. It's called taco editor. Okay. And he's going around the country, like rating, like who has like, has the best tacos. And I was like, I could do that job. I love that. You know, it's funny you say that for a second. Um, a couple of years ago, I made an Instagram account and I was going to try to do that same thing with avocado toast. Um, and so I had an account called get toasted, stay toasted. And it was like kind of a, a playoff of, you know, getting toasted, but also it was right. all about avocado toast. And um, it was fun for about a month. And then I was like, yeah, I can't manage all of these platforms. <laughs> yeah. I, it's so funny. Like, we all have these like great intentions. And then you're like, hang on, I have to do it. Yes. Nobody told me that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I don't have a posse. Okay. Right. So that was a great idea, but it's on the shelf now. Exactly. All right, Ali, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was such a great conversation. Thank you so much, Kim. It was great to be here. And thank you for everybody who's listening. All right, Magic Makers. I, as always, love to hear your feedback about the show. Like, what was your one powerful takeaway? Um, Do me a favor, post it up on Facebook on the gram and be sure to tag myself and Ali with your takeaway. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.